Hey everyone, uh, this is the uh, Manips and Sips podcast, uh, a virtual edition. Uh, for we uh, start something new with everything going on with quarantine. Uh, I'm Dr. Jeremy Boyd, and this is my partner in crime, Brandon Cruz. How's it going? I'm good, Jared. Thanks for uh, thanks for asking. Thanks for kicking us off. Yeah, we've uh, we've made some changes, uh, or trying to attempt some changes uh, in the way we deliver our podcast. We're gonna add a, a video or visual component as well. So hopefully you guys like it. And now you guys get to put uh, some faces to some voices uh, if you guys have been have been listening. But uh, Jerry, what, uh, what do you got um, on drink today? Uh, um, today I'm gonna start off in uh, bringing things back with my personal quarantine project is uh, uh, everyone's been doing something to keep themselves busy. I start brewing beer. Um, so, uh, this is a Centennial Smash IPA. Um, I've had about four or five of these. Uh, pretty good. I yeah, you brew, you brew, how many, um, how long does it take to brew? Uh, it takes two weeks for, like, it takes a couple hours on brewing day. Uh, then it has to kind of sit and ferment for two weeks or three weeks, and then you bottle it, and then that's two more weeks. So, the whole process is like five ish, six ish weeks. All right. So, that's about the time we've been on, on uh, quarantine, about five, six weeks. So, how, much, how much do you have? It comes how much out, you make? 48 bottles. 48. 48 bottles, which apparently is a good yield. They can get up to about 50. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Oh. Uh, it was, it was pretty good. I did it with a, a, a patient of mine, a friend of mine. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was right, actually right before he's been – yeah, he's now allowed out of the house now. So, um, hopefully we're going to brew another batch today of a different beer. Patient's not allowed? Not yeah, allowed. his wife is like, nope, you're not allowed out. So, that was his last hoorah before, he, uh, before he's been quarantined to his house with his kids. So, um, and uh, true uh, – Jeremy Fashion, always have a cup. Cheers. Uh, cheers. And this one's the Trust Trifecta Cup for me by clients up here. It's my beer. I'm going to drink out my glass. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's about it. But I yeah. like it. That's awesome, man. I have uh, Buchanan's here, but I have my glass for CPT. You guys can see that. A uh, student gifted that to me upon his completion, uh, which I love this glass. I, it's my drinking glass now. So I've been drinking out of that. I have not been doing... F- as much fun stuff like you, I feel like uh, I'm boring compared to, to what you've been doing. I've been on the grind. I've been uh, treating as much. I had to close down a clinic for uh, a few weeks. Uh, I know you stood open, but it, I will use this time to try and learn some other skills. And I think we need, and hopefully other PTs and just other people in general have used this time to come out of this quarantine uh, with a different skill set or an added skill set. So that skill set for me has been uh, the digital marketing realm. I have been putting uh, many hours a day in for the past few weeks on uh, various things um, in terms of digital marketing, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, copy uh, platforms. I'm in the process of of moving our courses on to online courses. So hopefully we can reach a a greater audience uh, with our courses and help more PTs out. Uh, in the process of making a manual therapy membership as well, finishing up those, those videos. So really just trying to use this time to create a different branch uh, of, um, of the business and what we do here, another component and stuff we've talked about. And for one reason or another, uh, you and I tend to bite off more than we can chew at times. Uh, so I use this time to, 
to learn that stuff. So hopefully it'll be more fruitful for us in the future. And hopefully other PTs and other professionals have used this time to not just watch, uh, what's that tiger, tiger style or tiger life. Or tiger, tiger King. Tiger, tiger King. King. Yeah, see, watch it? Hopefully people haven't just watched Netflix all the time, but have used this time to, uh, to learn some other things, other skill sets. So that, that's what I've been up to the, the past couple of weeks. This is good. And uh, that's going to be uh, kind of a good segue into what um, we're going to be talking about today with our try and improve your manual hands-on skills. Uh, I know definitely the physical therapy profession has been hit hard by this, you know, uh, for the most part, we're a, either a close profession or a hands-on profession. Hopefully we're still mostly hands-on and in our outpatient settings. Um, but that, uh, you know, a lot, of, I know a lot of PTs that unfortunately either been furloughed or been fully converted to telehealth, which they're not knocking it or anything like that. Um, but you know, you know, you do get a little rusty with your skills, you know, it's something that you don't use it, you lose it, uh, at least speed and efficiency. You know, Brandon, you're saying you're, you felt a little rusty uh, doing your first eval in a couple yeah, of weeks, Yeah, right? I was off four weeks, and I had an eval. My first patient back was an eval, and I found myself not in the same flow and, and forgetting to assess some things that I normally would have assessed. And I was like, why did I forget that? And I had to go back and do it. Uh, and I was after four weeks. So I can only imagine the people in the profession who have moved on to maybe some upper management roles and don't really treat and and, i mean your skills go away pretty quickly so now having that i am kind of vowing that i'm gonna i have to stay in the game at some capacity even if it's like one day a week you know down the line um as we build our businesses and stuff like that that's a skill set you need to have and especially for us we teach courses we need to be able to to be you know crisp with our our skill set so so we can help uh better teach and explain things to others so yeah Absolutely. And you, if you think about like your time in PT school, I meant more often than not, if I talk to students, if I know from my own personal experience, who is our favorite professors were the ones who are probably involved in the clinic to some degree, because yep. it's relatable. You, you, you get, uh, you pick up on their tricks and those sort of things. If you've been out of it for a while, I know in some of the bigger corporations, the some of the I guess, staff therapists were the first to be let go and the directors or the people who are more management style are now forced to see everyone. So, um, yeah, if you get a little rusty, uh, won't, won't be as good, but hopefully what we, uh, um, provide today, we can talk about some ways to get better at hands on. Um, even if yeah. you're completely by yourself. Yeah, I was just going to add into manual therapy. I mean, obviously, we're, we're kind of hinging this around the pandemic with what's going on. But I think a lot of people uh, avoid manual therapy because it's hard. They're not good at it. They're not sure. They, they lack the confidence, maybe. Uh, so hopefully, these, uh, these little tidbits that we go over will help you gain confidence, gain your speed, uh, so you can become more confident in doing it and also more effective and efficient doing it. So you get those those wins, those success stories of uh, when you do do it to patients and then that's going to lead you to do it more. I mean, there's this whole anti-manual therapy movement. I know we've talked about this before uh, where, you know, therapists don't want to do it and you're just, you're just shortchanging yourself and the, the client really at the end of the day by not doing it. Um, Cause you know, maybe not every patient needs it, but there are patients who need it and will benefit from it if you do it the right way. So um, 
you know, it's in our scope. It, it's one of the things that patients come to see us is for that hands-on component. Let's not jip them away because you haven't taken the time out to, to learn it or to become comfortable with it. Yeah. And I think it's a lot of people believe it's depending on the research they're looking at that sort of thing. It needs to be either be exercise and education or manual therapy. And that's not what we're saying with any of this. It should be, um, and physical and manual therapies and it should work in conjunction or adjunction with what you're doing. It doesn't need to be, um, just manual therapy. I think that's where people kind of twist and, um, unfortunately, uh, abused evidence, even though there's so much evidence supporting manual therapy, uh, especially yeah. manipulations. So, yeah, you, you said it with the manipulation part. I, I think there's a difference between joint based manual therapy and obviously that's, uh, more of our expertise and bread and butter and bias, if you will. But, uh, you know, a lot of people who knock manual therapy, they're, they're probably referencing, I shouldn't say probably, some of them are referencing soft tissue, but they don't make that delineation of, of soft tissue between joint base and it just gets lumped together. There's, you know, mar- uh, many variations of manual therapy and what you do and how you do it, whether uh, it's a mobilization versus a manipulation versus neurodynamics versus soft tissue versus ASTEM or instrument assisted versus cupping. I mean, we can go on and on, uh, release techniques, uh, ischemic release techniques, whatever you want to call them, you know, so they're not all the same. They don't all carry the same, uh, weight and effectiveness. So I I think when you're hearing that manual therapy sucks, well, let's take a step back and see which one, which ones are we talking about? Which ones do the, does the research actually support and which ones don't the research actually support? Like visceral manipulation. Oh yeah, that's another one. Yeah, yeah. when's that course coming out? <laughs> Not by me. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think we should probably guess get started into some of the techniques, and uh, unless there's some other updates uh, going on, uh, we're hoping to put up some with this, uh, put up some more videos uh, of us doing things to kind of help out people along and. Uh, yeah, should be uh, should be fun. But uh, which technique you want to start off with first, there, Brandon? I know some of the things that we we've talked about and we we talk about it in our courses. Uh, I even been presented and you were there, uh, kind of assisting uh, AOMT, where we were talking about ways to improve confidence and just your skill set with manual therapy. And I think one of the big ones is uh, the slap game. So I think Jared, you have this video queued up. If you don't mind, yeah, sharing that uh, with everybody. And I'll just kind of talk. And it's just really to develop hand speed. It's a nice icebreaker we use in the course, too. Uh, so people kind of just have a little bit of fun with it and, and loosen up and relax. But it's also to work on hand speed, pronation, supination, and things like that. So, Jerry, I'll, I'll uh, take yeah. it away. And you see this bad boy? I can see it. All right. I'm going to answer for everybody. I'm sure they can see it, too. All so. right. Find that bad boy. And this is, you know, a whole class. Um, uh, from one of our courses and to watch the action. So there's different ways here. Some people are using both hands. Some people are doing one hand at a time, but you, you get the gist of it. And it, it's something really, like I said, an icebreaker kind of gets you in the feel of having those quick hands and, and working on pronation and supination. So uh, that's usually one of the, the fan favorites in our, in our courses, but that's something you could easily do at home. Mm-hmm. 
with a significant other, a sibling, a parent, you know, whatever the case may be. It's good bonding time. Uh, as you can see, unless you're the ultra competitive type, uh, uh, best, best person I ever met in this game uh, was my, my grandma. Uh, she was around, she would, she would do it, hold it onto one ear and yeah, not she was morbidly obese, diabetes, but she would, her hands were quick. Yeah, I was like, hands. you'd be a master manipulator if you're, if you're a PT, but, uh, um, she, she was, she, uh, you can't, you couldn't beat her. She, and she played mind games with you. Uh, barely, you know, you had mind tricks, man. Had yeah. Triple, triple guessing well, yourself. Um, so yeah, definitely a quick lap, like in the, uh, training realm where, you know, you're doing sort of like lifting or anything like that, Olympic lifting, the classic coach saying, no matter what level you are, is like get tighter. Um, in terms of this, it's, you know, you can always get faster. Um, you know, even when you think you're fast enough, you can always get quicker. So this is definitely a good one to kind of build up some speed. Um, but, yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, getting faster, I had a, one of the courses I took, uh, I was partnered up with, with a gentleman who probably had about 20 years experience under his belt. Uh, and I was, I don't know, three, three, four years out, but I was pretty good. Uh, I thought I was probably thought I was better than what it was at the time, but thought I had some fast hands. We, we had just started teaching our courses. I, I think we had one on our belt or maybe we were a couple months away from teaching our first one. Mm. But uh, I, I was working with him and he was just like, your, your hands are slow. I was like, what are you talking about? So I had to, uh, you know, initially it's like you're, or at least I took it as like, what do you like defensively? And I was like, wait a second, I'm here. I'm at this course. This guy has, you know, X amount of experience and taking, you know, X, Y, and Z. And he has really soft hands, really good hands. I was like, he's, he's trying to help me though. He was pretty blunt about it. Um, for a guy I'd met 30 seconds prior. And I, I used that time to, to, you know, take it as some feedback and I worked on my speed. So I came back with some, uh, some drills and the next drill I learned we're going to show right now, which is a banana trick. All right. Um, you should tell them the, the, the Cam McDonald uh, story too. Uh, at your, when you became an amped uh, and he said, he's just like, I'm blanking. Did, right did you manipulate him or something like that? And he's like, it can be faster. And here I was thinking, I was just like, I thought you were pretty damn fast, dude. Cam? I'm trying to think if you said but that. He, he's the one who proctored you, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. That, or my test out you're talking about. Test out, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He said, he said uh, during my uh, practical, uh, actually that was a, a mid-thoracic. And he was, oh. um, not mid-thoracic. Uh, yeah, mid-thoracic rotational, rotational technique. And, uh, and then, I mean, I passed and everything, but he was just like, yeah, you can be, you can be a little faster. <laughs> and this is, this is now four years later and you know graduating a, a fellowship program and you know there's still uh still room for improvement you know oh, there, there, we never we never reach that that pinnacle or that um that mountaintop like we probably set out to be so there's always room for improvement no matter oh. what skill level you're at yep absolutely so uh moving into the banana game or the banana trick uh, I guess I'll show a picture of or yeah, show, show the video first and then uh, yeah. so this is one of my undergraduate interns PJ who's now in Rutgers DPT's program oh I should actually share my screen first he's wearing a nice shirt I would say and there I, it is nice clean break 
This is uh, what what year is he? A second second year PT student? I don't know if he's still considered in his first. Year? first. They started in the summer, so I guess he's just probably wrapping up full first year because he started oh, really? in the summer. First year. Wow. Yeah. So at that time, I mean, he's, he's no, he still was a yeah, he's a first year, he's a winner. It was just first semester. I mean, that was that was December, so. Yeah, so he did. He did really well. He had uh, one of the probably the better hands in the class as a as a you know first year PT student, which was great. Good yeah, he was an impressive. Uh, I'll give him a shout out. I rarely gave him one, but uh, yeah, he would see me manipulate all the time, and you know we <laughs> we almost have a class system because my my practice is in the college town, so we have shatters. Uh, people are just trying to get some hours. Um, we have to get into PT school. Yeah, just yeah, this is the basic, sh- you know, people are just trying to get a feel of the profession. Then we have some kids who are in like the like health and exercise science that need professional development hours. Okay. So they already got some school. And then we have Rowan interns, so undergraduate health and exercise science or pe- uh, human performance. And then we have our SBTs. And then we have residents. Yeah. And then we have entry level therapists in our clinic. And then there's me. So we like ranked them all and that sort of stuff, but he was just an undergrad and, uh, you know, he was able to kind of expand what he's learned more than most of the undergrads, but I didn't like teach him manipulations at the time. And, um, I came in, I think I was doing a handstand push up or attempted and ate it. And he, uh, <laughs> it came in like all like crooked and that sort of stuff. And he's like, I think I can help you. Yeah. Like, yeah, I did. I was like, I need my neck manipulated. He's like, I think I could do it. And sure shit, like he's just like got me down to just from observing me. And it wasn't the cleanest one, but he got it. I was like, oh. I was That's like, great. He's, he's the chosen one. Uh, he's going to be ahead of the curve, man. Yeah. Yeah. And then from that day forward, I was like, let me teach you everything I know of like any of the manips and stuff like that. So definitely an awesome kid. He's going to be a great therapist one day. Uh, I'll show you off the table. There's two styles. Um, I guess you could just do a quick flick um like this uh you want a little bit more of a kind of greener ripper banana hopefully this works and i don't, like make a fool of myself on uh, i guess semi-live tv or you can go off into it's like a table brandon can you see the table there yep we're good um just like um You're getting serious like, taking off the ring yeah dude you know can't get banana guts on there um so i'd go off the side of the table just like i would be driving a force if I was doing a quick like screw thrust or anything like that. Um, so I'm getting it set up and I'm just going to drive my force straight down, just like PJ. And oh. that, that's, that's too, that's, I think that's too ripe. That's why you, you need a little yellow. You need yellow. a little bit yellow. And I, the green ones, the, 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 the skin isn't, the skin isn't ripe. There you go. Yeah. You can't it's break through the skin. The skin's too ripe, I should, I should say. Yeah, so. Yeah, it's a, yeah. You, you need a yellow one. Yeah. Don't you need make that, it that fine brown. ground before it gets brown and smushy. Yeah. Um, but the green, it, it's too uh, – so I'm Spanish. It's like trying to crack one of those uh, plantains, man. It's just too, it's too mm. tough. But you do get rewarded with a banana right afterwards, which is always good. Get, get, your, uh, get your potassium in. Yeah, dude. So, so uh, it broke kind of through, figure, but you can feel the the skin the, held yeah. it. The um, I, I don't know my my fruit, but there's probably some enzyme in there that hasn't quite 
quite ripened yet. All right. Uh, so going off of what you just said with the, uh, that technique kind of carrying over to the P to A thrust, the thoracic manipulation, which I, I think is taught uh, usually first and often the most aggressive, but uh, there is still chance of injury with that. Just to, just, you know, I'm not a disclaimer, but just to educate you guys. I mean, there, you can fracture ribs, vertebral body fractures, uh, because a lot of times manipulators are, you know, oh, are, are taught it's the safest one. So you just substitute your lack of speed with uh, increased force, and, and we don't want to do that. Uh, another drill, since I'm here in my clinic, I have a table behind me. I'm going to readjust the, the uh, camera so you guys can see the table. And uh, I'll kind of show you another trick you guys can do. I did this a lot in the beginning uh, through residency when we're together uh, on just practicing my forces and, and grades with, uh, with the foam pad. So, Jared, be my eyes. I'm going to try and adjust everything here. Got you. I'm trying to bring the... Oh, yeah. I tell everyone I'm also drinking Bailey's in my coffee. So I'm doubling the sips. Oh, you're, you're double, double fist in here. Mm. So I think I think that should be good. Can you hear me all right? Um yeah, I can hear you. Alright. Put the speed the, the microphone. There's another thing. I we, we got we invested in microphones, guys. Look at that. Lighting and everything. We're so if you guys can see, so I mean there are a couple ways to, to work on skin traction or, or Texas twists, but I won't really talk about that right now. We're just talking about the, the, the foam pads here. So if you look at your nail beds and you apply some pressure down into the table, the nail bed changing color and going to, to white is said to be the amount of force you roughly need for grade one mobilization. Okay, so that's probably you know what you can work on, but then pressing further into it about halfway would be in theory your grade two. If we go all the way down to, I guess the, the wooden board or metal board on the other side of this cushion, would be our end range technique through here. And then if we come off that a little bit, that's probably like our grade three. So I would suggest just working on coming in and out at each range. And obviously this is nice and cushiony. It has some nice spring back to it, but there are going to be some people that some patients that have, uh, you know, less, less recoil in their joints. Uh, they're stiffer, older patients. Uh, so you're not going to be able to get as far, but in general, just being able to kind of understand where you are in the depth of this pad will help you understand your mobilization grades. And then when it comes to your manipulations, you come down, you sink all the way down as so, and then thrust. See how I didn't, and this is what we see a lot uh, of new manipulators is they come, they sink in, they come out, and then they drop down. That's where you're going to get a lot of the, the injuries, the strains, the sprains, any fractures, a patient not liking it. Then, then that makes you feel bad and you're like, well, I'm not doing this technique again. I, I, I hurt the patient. Well, yeah. if you're applying too much force like that, that's why. If you sink in and then just thrust, right, that's, that's what we want. So using the table is probably the best way to work on that and work on – work on your speed as well and it gives you a feedback instantaneous feedback did i come up out of it you can also record yourself too stick your, your iphone there and see if you came off and then and then back on but that, that's a nice quick way uh to learn you could do that in the clinic you don't even need a patient 
and your downtime, lunch hour, you have five minutes before your next patient, practice your, on your plinth, and that's, uh, you know, over over a course of time, you'll you'll definitely get better. Yeah, and I think uh, and, uh, the, the bag trick that I'm about to show it will, can also help out with that, and I think a lot of it is the, especially with those new manipulators or entry level or students, is it's the theory of, like, I got to build up my momentum to make this thing crack. Like I push yeah. on enough people, I mobilize enough people and you know, nothing goes. So I need to build up momentum and that's when they pull off and then they like drive yeah. more force than they probably need to. And then it becomes a high velocity, high amplitude thrust versus high velocity, low amplitude. Um, so just something I I pretty much see with almost all our students, but again, probably the most common technique that uh, that we see um, taught in schools. I mean, that's all right. There's your bread and butter, you know, just do your screw mobilization or manipulation. But same same sort of principle. I'll show with the with the bag. You just ideally you'd have a bigger bag, but and uh, I've gone to the store and got it. But this is just a standard small sandwich bag. If it was a little bit bigger, it would be greater. Uh, but you know, not going to the stores as much. I filled it up with a little air. Something that I use to kind of help out my manipulation, and then. Same kind of rule. You can play around with it. You can start to feel it build up with air. And then you can kind of practice your moves. And if you're doing like you know, your grade ones, twos, threes, and four, the air shouldn't pop out of the, the bag. And then, you know, if you're going for that grade five, you know, you're kind of screwing in and then you push through. And I've kind of released all the air, unfortunately. But hold on, let me, let me blow this puppy up. I was hoping for a big pop like those uh, it did poppy right things. Before. What'd you say? It did right while I was playing around in the kitchen. Ah. I, 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 that's when I filled up the bag last. So we're here, we're here, we're here. Elbows are straight, and then, and that's it. Nice. That was the uh, grade five, you know, quicker thrust there. But That's a good one. I, I haven't seen that one, so. It's just something I kind of played around with once we like played around with like tables and stuff, um, you know, and then you get the, you actually get to hear the pop and it's the same thing. It wasn't, I like eased off. I just stayed there and then added that quick thrust. Uh, it does it. I mean, you could, and uh, something we always teach in our course is that thrust shouldn't be coming from our arms or anything like that. It should have, like, and I did not show it there. Um, but it should be a whole body drop and that way we're using our mechanics and, you know, sparing our bodies and those sort of things. Um, but again, that way you can at least get the pop, which is kind of cool. Um, Cavitation. Yeah. Right. So, uh, non animated cavitation, but, um, yeah, so those are just some good ones, especially for those more P to A style mobilizations. Um, all right. What's the, uh, Next. There's the uh, there's a towel whip one, which is I would say that's more applicable to uh, extremity manipulations, which more like the uh, the scaphoid lunate or just carpal manipulation or your infamous cuboid whip, mm -hmm. spelled C U B L Y D. His last name. We have renamed that, and it will catch on in the decades to come. Uh, we're gonna make a movement for that. There we go. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so towel whip, uh, that's, uh, that's basically if you, if you played sports and you're in a locker room, you're a locker room guy, you, you've probably had it done to you or you've done it to others where you just 
whip up the towel. I should, I should probably go get one. Um, and then you, you have a quick snap of the wrist. So that one you can get feedback uh, against the wall or an object. You don't have to actually physically whip a person. Uh, if you uh, are a female, perhaps, and you didn't play sports, perhaps you had an older brother who, who did it to you. Uh, so you probably know what we're talking about. Um, Jeremy, uh, give me a second while I'm going to tell. I could just demonstrate that real quick. Yeah, uh, we'll just you know, be here drinking my beer. Just starting to kind of finish up here. All right. Um, here we go. Uh, you've done it to me. What's uh, up? No, I'm gonna, I'll, angle, I'll angle the um, clear stuff out here. Yeah. I actually did not think we we're going to do this one. Look at that on the right. Against the wall. Hopefully you can see that. Yeah. So you, you wind up a towel like so. You got to hit the wall. Nice you loud. That? You heard that first one, everyone? That's yeah, that was. It's that motion. So you're letting it go and then coming back. So it has to be quick hands. Again, the, 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 those probably apply more towards the, the whip manipulations. But uh, again, just get you in the, the habit of that, that flick, that flicking motion. So hopefully. Uh, if you guys haven't seen that one or thought of using that in practicing your skill set, hopefully that, that works for you guys. It's awesome. So yeah, they definitely want that, that, that crack of the whip almost sort of thing. And as I saying, I, I've been on the receiving end of uh, Brandon's uh, towel trick and uh, yep. Yep. You definitely can feel the speed going through. So uh, where I used to do it or I tried doing it to my brothers when I was a kid. Uh, it would just be like, <laughs> uh, a, you're asking for a beat down right there, especially you, you're the youngest. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, it was, they had it and they, they had that, you know, trick down. I did it and tried to, you know, fight back and it was, it was, it was poor. It was a lot, a lot of welts on me back in the day. Um, I guess another one, um, it'll be a little bit more difficult, but also kind of work on that little flicking motion um is the what you taught me is the the towel paper trick um works best in the bathroom um with it being actually held down to um but uh can you actually Uh, is that paper towel or toilet paper toilet paper oh you probably have plenty of that as everyone's stocking up yeah oh yeah i felt (laughs) i felt real bad so uh um so for our one year anniversary, I guess, uh, the, the your, your paper gift. gift, please tell paper me. Yes. Yeah. So, no, this wasn't me. I, I, uh, I think Alyssa on the trip and stuff like that. Her parents yeah, yeah. Uh, gave us pretty much a good multiple year supply of paper towels, toilet paper and tissues. So it was like, everything went to, to the shit and everyone's like game toilet paper. I'm like, I'm about to start selling this stuff or yeah. supply and demand. Yeah, it's uh, that's funny. <laughs> but me eating more, being at home, uh, putting more to use. <laughs> but yeah, um, so I'm gonna try and demonstrate it here. Um, but essentially, what you're there, you go. That um, it's gonna probably roll. So yeah, just, you, you hold it with one hand. Hold it with yeah. your your left hand. Do my block? No, 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 no. Yeah, the other way. There you go. There we go. So put a little tension on it. And this is, again, good for the cuboid whip because this is one where you're going to start to flick up and then a quick one down. 
a little bit better with two hands. That's why if it, it's anchored into whatever in your bathroom, um, then you can work at both hands doing that motion, uh, which is what you need to do for the cuboid, you know, cuboid whip, my whip. Um, but you go and you bring it and snap it down. But I'll try and do it here. So here, put a little tension on it, like you're doing a little distraction force. Not enough to rip at the perforations, but that's what I'm trying to do. I'm going to try and get ripped at the perforation. Oh, well, that's what happens. It's not being held by anything. You're, you're, uh, yeah. I've, I've actually never done it that way where I come down. I always come across, and it's not. Oh, you do a side one, huh? Yeah, I do a side one, and it comes out cleanly. And oh, you still kind of get that that wrist action. I do get. I I've I don't know if you can see me because you're not looking, but more like two hands. If I do it like you know this and and then, but that obviously it's a bad example of it. Um, but I've gotten pretty clean with two hands when it's kind of secured down. But, yeah. But again, one hand I'm pulling just from one. Let me try from the. And then people are asked, it's like, oh, what do you do with the toilet paper? I'm like, well, you use it. So this is something that you want to do. Well, I'm going to try from the middle here. And that wasn't bad. Yeah. Um, uh, I think I'll spend where you're going. Yeah, take, do the paperwork later, if you know what I'm saying. But uh, you do a side version? Mm, yeah, well... I, like I, I was saying, uh, I don't think you hear me. Um, it depends where, where your toilet paper. I mean, for people who it's in front of them, like you're sitting down, like I am and it's in front of you. Yeah, you could probably do that. Mine's on the side. So I am I can do that real easy. Uh, and my, my right hand's getting all, all, the, all the love and my left hand, uh, it's not no good. <laughs> Which, uh, I guess that is most of the time. Oh, no, actually – Downstairs, my downstairs one's on my left side. Oh, so there you go. But I, I don't use as much. That one's like, we have to be hurting after a day of work to not make up. Come in. <laughs> well, you have what? You have three bathrooms, right? Mm -hmm. So that one, that one's like, yeah, you know, yeah, the guests are again yeah. the one that typically. I have my own throne room. That one's on the right. But usually, I just kind of turn my body and I use and just whip it. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess with talking about ambidextrous, uh, this next drill will work, and this is more for a cervical uh, spine, and that's where I think a lot of hesitancy comes from is, you know, being quick with the neck and being comfortable with the neck, uh, using a football or a rugby ball and working on that. I'm sitting here, so there we go. Um, where you can work left and right to work on that motion, that motion. You can also just pretend it's a head and work on your, your thrust. I don't know if you guys can see that. Is that, that better? Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. Or you can flick it and kind of get used to that, that speed. Yep. If you watch, like, rugby play, like, they're doing so, that all the time. Yeah, a little bit more aggressive. Yeah, they're. I mean, obviously they're, they're throwing it, and, and there's much more of that going. So if you have someone to throw this to, go ahead. But if you're just by yourself, mm -hmm. and you want to work, and you can see my right is better than my left, and there's there's always going to be that uh, that difference with right hand and left hand dominances. But uh, you can work work on the two there, and that that's a nice 
Nice quick one there. Um, Try to think. Uh, Jerry, you mind if I share the screen here? I, I don't know yeah. if we have, yeah, have any more here, but I want to share with our audience. Uh, this was actually from the course uh, at, at AUMP that we did. And I'm actually going to give a shout out to Kyle Feldman uh, as he, he and I did this course. So I want to just give um, credit where credit is due. Uh, and, and this is something that he, he had come up with. Um, and all the things that Jeremy and I had discussed, the slap game, pressing down the fabric, towel whipping, uh, breaking the banana in half, ripping a sheet of toilet paper at the perforated line, whether it's ripping down like Jeremy was saying or ripping across like I was saying. And then big thing is to, to just keep practicing, uh, whether it's these, these psychomotor skills that we give here and practicing on patients, practicing on friends, family, aides, front desk, you know, whoever it is, uh, let me stop sharing here. Um, you know, that's kind of the keys. So hopefully, you know, these are some things that you could, you can practice in this time when you have a little bit more time to, to learn a learn new skill set, or maybe you're still training in the clinic, but it's much slower. Now you have the time to kind of work on some of the, the skill set when you're not being jammed with, uh, three, four five patients an hour. Mm hmm Definitely don't practice this. You said practice on people. Don't practice towel whip game on AIDS. They'll, that's yeah, a they're fancy they're way to get a lawsuit against you. They won't be your friends. Mm. They won't help you out when you need it. And, uh, how's that? Uh, what you say, um, Brent, how, how are you able to uh, practice on your, uh, well, you have Kelly and everything like that living with you. Uh, I guess some people I, I'll tell students and everything like that. I'm like, yeah, just practice on your boyfriend you know, whoever's living with your roommates and stuff. And they, they hit that barrier of, they won't let me, um, what, get much of a trouble with that. Or like my own wife, again, we teach the courses and stuff. She won't take a cervical manipulation until a point where she's in dire need. She's like, Oh, oh well, like, well they, they don't, they say don't treat your friends or family. And, and that that's more, more true than ever. And, uh, your, your wife doesn't let you manip her, um, unless she's in dire need. And, my girlfriend won't let me treat her unless she's in dire need. And then, then they want to listen. Uh, but yeah, they say that. So your question was, uh, how do I practice what my manual therapy or these drills that we went over? Yeah. Just to get more of your, uh, a roommates or anything like that more on board, uh, to allowing you to do things. Yeah. When I was first learning, um, I was at my, my first job, and I practiced probably a lot on the, the aides. And I believe two of the aides were in undergrad looking to get into PT school. So they were all excited. Uh, plus, uh, one was a, uh, a volleyball player. So she, you know, her body was always kind of achy and she always wanted one. So that was that. And then front desk, the front desk girls uh, were great because they're, they're hunched over. They're here. They're stressed. They're always on the phone. They're, you know, at the computer. So they, they always look forward to having uh, their next crack. But actually, I remember even before that, I worked with a, a guy, Mario. Uh, at the time, he was an aide. Now he's, uh, he's a marketer um, for another company in the area. We're still, we're still talking and everything. But I remember he, he came up to me, and I was like, he always knew I, I wanted to do it and, and liked doing it, but I, I wasn't that good at it. And I think I was like maybe a couple weeks into practice at that point, maybe a month. And he was like uh, – I have a really bad headache. Can, can you think you could still do that manip? I think I got it on him once uh, a few months prior when I was actual student. And I was like, oh, I don't know. And uh, I was able to get it. And 
it was a downslope technique at the time. I didn't know it was a downslope technique. I just knew, Oh, there's a barrier. Let me thrust. And, and we got it. And that was really the only one I knew how to do. Um, and it, it probably wasn't comfortable for him, but it did the job where at least it got rid of his headache. Um, and we got some cavitation. So we thought we did a good job, but uh, looking back, it, it couldn't have been too comfortable. Cause I remember going to, uh, to residency and this was before you came uh, into your, in your cohort. And I was working with uh, another guy and, we're supposed to do an upslope and all I kept doing was the downslope. And he's like, you're doing it wrong. I was like, no, there's, there's, there's a manipulation. <laughs> like, I was like, well, I just didn't get the difference between an upslope and downslope. He had already been through, through it. So he was, he was more seasoned at the time. Um, so then it, it, I learned, Oh, there's a difference with an upslope and a downslope and all these manipulations aren't the same. So then that kind of got my interest even more so, but that, that was my practice. Yeah, just, I, I practiced on, uh, on the aids and, and the front desk, uh, personnel uh, a lot initially and then then once you get one you get another one then you know you go home practice on your mom or or whatever the case is and and yeah it just kind of happened happened over time um I I think within a you know definitely a couple couple weeks or month I was very comfortable with doing them um but yeah what about what about yourself uh I used um what we use on the show is uh you know the sips here um that's pretty much how I got, I bartered with people, uh, I think during residency weekends, uh, especially after, yeah, cause when you were done, I mean, I was hanging out with you a lot, but then we, we went on obviously for another semester. Um, you, we, we didn't do the cervical together. We did the cervical, lumbar, yeah. lumbar pelvic t- together. Yep, lumbar yeah. pelvic, knee, hip, ankle, and that sort of stuff. So when I was doing the cervical part, I would just, I invite my buds who live close to Philly. Um, so I buy them beer, drinks all night, and then I'll I had beer in my hotel room, and then that was it. I was like, all right, you get to have the beer, and I get to practice this sort of stuff, and that's that's pretty much what I did. And then uh, any parties or anything I'd have, or sometimes you know, I don't recommend that, but at bars I was like practicing techniques and those sort of things. Hey, you got a couple and, in you. You're a little more relaxed. Yeah, exactly. They're they're. There's then question anything or yeah they're they're having a good time. I don't re- recommend the bar thing so much, but uh, yeah. yeah, that's what pretty much what I did. And then I have like things at the house, and I'd be like, yeah, yeah, hey, you're gonna drink some, and then whipped out the table, and then one person would be like, "What you doing over there?" I'm like, yeah, "Just helping out so and so." And then one person became two, three, four. One time I had a whole line. It was great. I was just like, "Oh, well, I'm just doing this for practice." So yeah, I think. You said you whipped out the table. I, I think more therapists. If you're an orthopedic therapist and you don't have a, a table at your house, there's something wrong with you. Uh, <laughs> you know, you on, on Amazon for like 80 bucks. Yeah. Um, in PT school. I think I was a second year student and I was like, I need to practice. Um, yeah. If you're serious about becoming a manor therapist, I have one. I, I mean, it's just going to benefit you. Uh, you know, you could see people at your house. It turns into a business thing as well um over time uh i didn't think of it like that in the beginning i just knew i wanted to, to practicing it better and then i think that's how i ended up starting my practice was i had a couple friends who wanted uh who needed to get treatment didn't have insurance um i tried to get them at my my office and the the cash pay rate was too much and they're they like hey would you would you treat me at your house um you know for less money i was like sure whatever uh, and then I started doing that and you get one, two, five, you know, 10 clients and you're like, yeah, I can do this on my own. 
Uh, so that was kind of the, the start for me, but we're yeah. kind of digressing a little bit, but yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's cool. Um, no, I recommend this to all my students. I'm like, you should get a table. Um, but yeah, I think that's, uh, now that we're down memory lane, but, uh, I think that's, uh, some good, you know, tools and tricks, uh, to practice at home. Um, can't think of any other real good ones at the time. Um, but, uh, yeah, hopefully you guys learned some stuff. I don't know if you have any last second advice there, Brandon. No, I think, uh, I think we covered it all. I don't think there's any other ideas that really we go over too often. Uh, those are the main ones that we cover and that we kind of preach. Um, so yeah, just hopefully that brought you some value guys. It's stuff you could practice. Oh, actually I lied. Oh, there's one more, the foam roll one for lumbar pelvic. Oh, pull it out. Let's see it. We had it set up and I totally forgot. All right. Uh, give me one second. We'll reset this up. I should have done this when we were at the table the first time. All right. Jay, can you see me? Yep. Or not me, but the table. Yeah, 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 you can see the table, Mike. Let's get some pain posters in the back for everyone. You know, All right, easy. so lumbopelvic. If you don't have a patient to work on, this is a great way to practice the lumbopelvic side roll technique. Um, I guess some people have maybe learned it as the million dollar roll, though that's not a, a friendly term apparently, so, so don't use that, but I, I wanted to I guess name some other names. Jerry, is there any other names for this one? No, nah, I just know it's sideline lumbo pelvic. Sideline lumbo pelvic, right? So take your long form roll. Uh, I guess you could do the 18 inch one, but the 30, the 36 inch or three foot one is best. From here, you can log roll, and this is good because you need to be able to log roll your patient. So you have basically a log here and you roll it towards you, that's what you should really do when you have the patient set up. You shouldn't really twist them and overlock them. That's actually very uncomfortable. Uh, and probably for another, another discussion here. Uh, but roll the patient here, or roll the log. You're gonna have the pronator group here, which would be the pelvic region, uh, probably the, the top of the pelvis. You can have this hand here, because this would be in the, the axillary region, or the hand here, like so. Have your hip up on where the patient's ASIS would be your pelvis. And now you're here, make your final minor adjustments and thrust. So my thrusting force is down and it's coming from my hips and knees. It's not me here and doing this ripping motion or shearing motion, which is actually very uncomfortable for a lot of patients. So if we get that patient, we wanna be up on top of them and then have that drop down and that's a that's a great way to practice your timing and your rhythm with the uh, lumbar pelvic technique mm -hmm. so i know i started off with that kind of sheer spread them apart and that that can get some cavitations but you know if a lot of people already have pain with you know rotating and those sort of things or into extension that sort of stuff and you just spread them out and just add you know your force and load to it not the nicest thing to do so that's when you take something that could be extremely beneficial in the man manipulation and you now made it counterproductive because they're sore, they're not tensing up because you're getting them into an uncomfortable position. And then, you know. Yeah, patients are starting. So. Yeah. So. so it's a good way to refine, refine your techniques there. 
with the lumbopelvic technique. So I think that pretty much covers most of the techniques. Obviously, there's different variations to other ones, but uh, you master those. You, you got you got your upslope uh, technique, and that's with the football drill. You, you practice the perforated line on toilet paper or paper towel, uh, or the towel whip, and that becomes your uh, radial, not the radial, yeah, radial head or scaffold or cuboid manip. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have the lumbopelvic. We went over the, the prone thoracic. Uh, and that's pretty much uh, probably the, I mean, we know what, you know, 30, 40 different variations, probably more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we probably use the same, you know, handful uh, a majority of the time. So, yeah. Yeah. Definitely want to get good with your bread and butter ones. And then as you become super comfortable with those, and get your confidence up with those, then you you know start playing around with the the other variations and stuff, and you know you can use them in those situations where a patient doesn't like a position so much, or you need to hit a specific area, a little bit more spe- like a specific level or something of that nature. Um, but yeah, definitely get go with the bread and butter and just overall speed with things. That speed and improving your speed carries over into all manipulations. So something that you can everyone can work on, even us. All right, guys. I think that's it. That's it. Um, so in that and wrapping up, um, yeah, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, maybe looking for more other, you know, ways to improve yourself at home or need some mentorship or anything like that, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, we're at Manips and Sips on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, personally, I'm at The Decent Doctor and at Trifecta Therapeutics if you want to reach out to the company. Um, Brandon's at, uh, at think like a fellow and at pursue PT now. Yep. Uh, well, uh, thank you for, uh, tuning in and, uh, hopefully gain some stuff and, uh, cheers everyone. Cheers guys. Bye.